like Fridays are always so busy mm. and I get here really rushing and yeah, I'm good. My phone is stuck. I don't know how to unstuck my phone. Like, okay, I'm going to show you. See, it's like, it's stuck. I can unlock it, oh. but like, I don't see the screen and huh. I, I don't know how to. <laughs> you should probably do a hard reset. Oh. 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 Is it supposed to be doing nope. that? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's the panic mode. <laughs> Oh my! Well, and it's Are still you the being same. abducted right now? <laughs> what ha- what happened? I need to Google it. And it was working just fine until it wasn't. Well, I don't didn't do anything to it. Yeah. That's what I tell my users. I've got to <laughs> I've got to get my five year old a job at YouTube because I'll I'll hand her my phone periodically and never fails. Within about ten or fifteen minutes, she has managed to lock up the entire device. Yeah, like I can't get out of YouTube. I can't do anything in YouTube. <laughs> It just won't do anything, she's, and I have to do a hard reset. She's on it. done a reverse. I don't know how she does. She's it. done a reverse, like parental control on you, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She'd be the perfect little QA engineer, though. Like she found some deep flaws in that app, and she exploits them every time. I do love doing QA for stuff. It's fun. I am not wired that way. Yeah. Like I will go the happy path and the slightly less happy path, and then. <laughs> And I'm out of reasons to click around. Susanna looks like she has just discovered something terrible about like a cheese or yeah. something. I'm not sure. No, I'm still trying to um, fix my phone. It says <laughs> press the quickly and release the volume up button. Okay. Volume down button. Okay. Press and hold sure. the side button. Okay. Well, it's like some sort of like and crazy. When the Apple logo, up, it doesn't appear. Only Siri appears. Oh, it's but trying to get you like to do like a, like a full on. Oh, actually, that actually worked. Wow. Okay. So for me. If I tap volume up, volume down, and then press and hold power, within like two seconds, I get to slide the power off, which I didn't even know you could do. This is now an educational podcast. (laughs) Time to recategorize. That's right. This is a tech support podcast. I don't know. Is anyone listening to us? I hope. I mean, by the time this goes out, I hope the phone will be fixed. I I hope it's not that long. My goodness. (laughs) (laughs) I was just waiting for the... Dave, put the podcast out. I need help. (laughs) Forget editing. Yeah. Let's just stop here. We're like five minutes into this thing. This we, will be a bonus episode. We could be live streaming this whole thing. We could <laughs> That could be a whole new world for us. So how have you been, you two? It's been a while. I have been the sickest I've been in a long time. Oh, no. Like, we, yeah, I've been sick for three weeks now, and I'm just coming out of it. My latest theory is that I was actually sick, and then just as I was about to get better, mm-hmm. I got another virus. Oh. So, I've, I haven't had a voice. Um, I've been sleeping terribly. It wasn't, it's not like really, really sick, just lost my voice and felt like low-grade miserable for weeks. That and after awful. a week, it just starts to feel really rude, like a real <laughs> insult. That you're still sick. Like, okay, now it's been nine days. The average cold is done by 10, nine days, something like that. And it just kept going and going. So I finally started to get my voice back yesterday. I've been wondering like, ah, you know, we have that that podcast session on Friday. Am I going to get there or not? And I mostly did. I'm mostly there. So that's kind of defined my last few weeks as like getting through that, not to be a big baby about it. But no, that sounds terrible. For a miserable stretch. Yeah. How about you, Dave? Uh, I'm still recovering. Uh, I spent the weekend in Houston, Texas at the Final Four, uh, which yeah, was... Yeah, let's hear about that. 
They've lost his voice for a different reason. I you? did lose my voice. Yeah, <laughs> Saturday night especially. Monday night, I learned some lessons and I hydrated much better. Really saved the voice. Were you uh, yelling? Were you cheering? What What's going on here? Just a little bit, you know. Lost okay. my mind, you know. Um, so I, uh, I'm a Yukon alum, as I'm guessing most people listening to this probably <laughs> have heard me talk about it at some point. And uh, the men's team was in the final four. And How I, did they do? They won the championship, which was great. Yes. Um, so I was not planning on going. Uh, the I guess the Sunday before, I was uh, messaging with some people and they were like, oh, yeah, you know, you should. Are you going? And I was like, well, I don't have a ticket. We need my going. And they're like, and somebody was like, well, I got a spare ticket. And I was like, yeah, but, I, you know, and then my wife, Marissa, was like, oh, well, you should go. Yeah. And I was like, no, come on. It's going to be. And she's like, no, really, you, you should go. Um, I think probably because. Uh, you know, uh, when, when you, when you work remotely, you, you don't do anything all the time, you know, aside from yeah. work, it's like, I work and then I cook. And then like, you know, she's like, you got to get out of that. It was basically, it was like, get out of the house, go do something, go have fun. Um, yeah. and then uh, the one last thing I said, I was like, you know, it's not really going to be cheap. She's like, just go. I was like, yeah. okay. Um, so I very quickly, uh, found a flight. Uh, of course flights were, uh, insanely expensive, not because of short notice, but because, I don't know, 20,000 other people what's from going on. What's wrong? Oh, I just meant in general flights oh. have been crazy. Oh lately. yeah. But you're well, saying flights to Houston. Oh, flights specifically. because you know, roughly not even kidding, roughly 15, 20,000 people from, uh, the, the Northeast decided <laughs> they all wanted to go down at the same time. So they were like, yeah. you know, I'm sure their algorithms were like, Oh, we gotta, we gotta jack this. So yeah. I lucked out and I found, uh, I found a flight out of LaGuardia. Um, my friend who, who was, uh, who was, helping me f- acquire the ticket. He was also flying out of LaGuardia. So we just made it like a group trip. Um, and then, you know, got a hotel and then I, you know, went to Houston, a place I'd never been before. Um, uh, it's very, it's very, it's very spread out is the best way I can describe Houston. Yeah. Uh, you need to Gigantic. drive everywhere all the time for everything. Um, but I had some good barbecue, which is very important. I had uh, good sauce. Of, good sauce. What's that? Good sauce. Sauce. Oh, Hot sauce. sauce. Sorry, sauce. I was like, <laughs> I didn't, yeah, the sauce wasn't really the star, you know, um, there was some decent sauce. What did sauces. I say? Did I say I, I thought, I thought, it, I thought it started with the T for a second. I was like, so you know what, Susanna, I've, I haven't been around you enough. I've already, I'm already struggling. <laughs> you don't understand me anymore. I know. Oh. I'm sorry. We'll get back to it. Um, <laughs> it's fading. <laughs> no, uh, the sauce was good, but uh, relevant to this show, I had a, my, so I, I had a bit of, a jalapeno cheddar sausage that was smoked. Oh, that so sounds good. Yes. Uh, good cheese in there. Is this like a bun situation or like sliced up on a plate? This was like sliced what, up on a plate. Yeah. With? Yeah. So, you know, I got brisket and pork uh, and then my friend got brisket and the sausage and we were just more like, you know, hey, take a little bit of this, sort of that kind of a thing. Um, some mac and cheese, potato salad, you know, all the good barbecue barbecue things it was the kind of place where they opened up at 11 yeah. we showed up at uh at like 10 55 lying out the door like waiting people oh, wow. waiting to get in and i was like we have come to the right place yeah it was like in the middle was, it was like, everyone in line from connecticut no the there were a lot of people there were a lot of people there who were, you could tell it's like oh they're wearing that because everybody when you're there at the final four all you do is wear the the gear of your team the entire yeah. time right you, you have, have to tried. identify yourself right yeah um and so we were just picking them out oh they're from there they're from there they're from there yeah I was curious how many fans uh, come just to experience a final four, or maybe they bought tickets hoping their team would make it. Yeah. Versus 
like what percentage of the fans are fans of those four teams and only those four teams? Yeah, that's a good question. I I don't. I mean, I I'm trying to. Think. I mean, UConn had it felt like a quarter of the of the capacity. To, you know, between the four teams, mm-hmm. but maybe it was a little less. But I know that UConn sold out its allotment, and then people just went and found them by other means. Right? You could buy them directly. Just like you said, I'm a fan of the Final Four. I want to go. Um, yeah. We definitely there was definitely kind some of, like of that a Super Bowl vibe where sure. a lot of the fans there. Right. I just, just want to go. They were there no matter who was in the game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the I was astonished at the whole thing was just, first of all, seeing a basketball uh, game in a in a stadium designed for football is very unusual. Very weird. Yeah. It's very big. And for rodeo. Right. Isn't that thing half Houston Texans and half uh, like Houston Stock Show or whatever they run down there? They have rodeos. Sure. And uh, yeah, they have all kinds of stuff down there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what a huge place to yeah, see a basketball game. Yeah, there was 73,000 people there, um, which was a lot. Uh, for a game? No. Oh, sure. Yeah. Susanna, I don't know what the arenas are like for netball, but here in America, <laughs> we, our basketball stadiums tend to be, what, 20,000 for the NBA? Maybe 25. Yeah, I've seen pictures. And very... like, how, can you, how can you even see what's going on down there? You're sitting so far and so high up. You can hardly see those tiny people playing ball. You know. I was lucky, like my, you know, my friend who, who, who had the ticket connection, it's because his, you know, his work, um, don't, you know, is a serious, well, what I would have before this weekend, what I would have called a serious donor to UConn. I've now discovered <laughs> there's the, another class. There's other <laughs> classes you can't even dream about. Um, but even, so we at least had lower level tickets that I thought were pretty good. Like I could see everything, um, the sight lines are kind of funky because it's laid out for football. So it's very, uh, it's not very steep. It's more shallow. So yeah, yeah for the upper levels, you're right, Susanna, you're basically just watching it on TV. Yeah. The, the big screens they have in there, but you know, yeah. I'll, I will, I will say because of, you know, the way that things like StubHub work, you know, if you want to go to the final four, I mean, if, I'm sorry, if you want to go to the championship game, people who bought tickets for the whole, for both games. Oh, uh, sure. And then their team didn't win. Well, they're, they're selling those on the open market because they just want to, you know, they want to go home. They don't want to stick around. Yeah. And so you could yeah. get in the They're building crushed, for, you could, you could just, if you just want to get in the building, you could do that for under 60, I think. So that's pretty good. $60. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. Okay. Well, what is the average price then? Uh, face value for my seats were 200, but um, if I sold them on StubHub, they would have gone for significantly more. You should turn that into a business. Just buy tickets, lots of t- tickets beforehand and then sell them on the black market. That's called a broker. Yeah, they exist oh, in it. <laughs> <laughs> that is a whole thing I'm here in there, actually. It's a, I, I thought I came up with such a good idea, and you're telling me it's a thing already? Oh, well. Yeah, they are uh, the scourge of all of our existence, actually. Any, any major event uh, you want to buy tickets to, you're battling bots, effectively, that have been set up to try to get as many tickets as possible and then flip them on the resale market. So Wow. It's a, it's a whole people thing. People are mean. People are mean. Well, then the, the next step of this is Ticketmaster's like, we see where you're going. And so what they've done is and they've like really hardened their defenses as much as possible against bots. But they still they're like, well, if people are going to pay inflated prices, we'll just charge you. We'll have let's get that. We'll money. have we'll have, you know, sort of demand based pricing. So you'll see seats where it's like, I'm sorry, what? How is this seat a thousand dollars? Like, I don't that's not the, that's I don't understand. They're like, oh, that's a platinum seat. They call it. Um, and it's just like it's in, like going to concerts is is unbelievable. It's terrible. It's expensive. So just watch it on TV or on YouTube. Mm. <laughs> I wish people saw your face now. 
In this case, who enjoy live music, it's really not the same. It's not the same. Uh, I mean, I'll say like being there, like watching, being there, surrounded by like you know thousands of your fellow like alums screaming your head off, cursing the refs, living and dying on every play. Like it was a real like experience, you know. So do you get people who then get angry when their team doesn't win and they want to fight the winning team, or is that not a thing in the US? In the UK, that's a big thing when it comes to football. Football, it's a dangerous thing to go to here. From what I heard, not that I ever went to one. Oh, come on, you're in the stands. Susanna, are you a hooligan? Is that what you're saying? I am not, (laughs) but I think that's what they call them. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's a lot more life and death uh, in uh, English football than it is here in the States. Yeah. Yeah. The closest thing I've seen would be uh, Montreal Canadiens and... um, Maple Leafs game in Quebec. That was pretty rowdy. Um, I've gone to a Yankees Red Sox game. Mm. That was pretty rowdy out in the bleachers, but that was mostly dominated by Yankees fans. So that's one of the issues as you usually have mostly the home team at the event. Mm. Um, There's more distance, I would say, between your typical rivalry. And honestly, most of the rivalries are not that strong. Yeah, Yeah, I think here people really go for it and get dangerous. Yeah, that sounds exciting. (laughs) <laughs> you find interesting things exciting okay <laughs> come over go to a football match not like a small one the proper big one well you came here and ate twinkies that's about the same amount of danger level as going to a, a football match right <laughs> i did i even i don't even know if i had I one she, i know i took twinkies. them home I, I had i brought them i had them in the mm. suitcase by the time they made right. it all the way to cambridge they were like flattened well, sure. And nobody won't. Nobody and wants to eat some them. Second thoughts. Some some really wise <laughs> second thoughts about consuming them. <laughs> yeah, you just can't read the ingredients or you know what it's made of. Just don't don't read it. Ignorance is bliss. Because once you read all the chemicals and e numbers it has, you know, and not just Twinkies, anything really. Yeah, that's true. I was reading a label today because here in Wisconsin. The spring is just springing. So mm. our tulips are just coming out of the ground. They're like an inch or two out of the ground. And already the rabbits are going after them. And because I have like eight things growing outside my house right now, every single one of them is precious and sacred. <laughs> and so I want to protect them from the rabbits. Once I have a whole garden coming out of the ground, sure, they can have at it. Sure. So I was spraying it with some kind of wildlife defense thing. And I looked at the label to see what's in here. Is it like cayenne pepper or what is it? And the number one active ingredient is putrescent whole egg solids. And I've, I've never seen the word putrescent before. What does it mean? But it, well, I'm assuming it's like putrid. So maybe rotten egg solids or something like that. Lovely. But that's what, I had that in my hand. I was spraying that all over my garden. Putrescent whole egg solids. Wouldn't you like to see the factory where they produce that? Oh, wow. And then rosemary oil and mint oil. So they're tame, but putrescent. What do you got, Dave? You know, I did some Googling. Did you you smell it? Does it smell bad? Is it cheese? (laughs) I wouldn't want to try. (laughs) It is is definitely basically rotten eggs. That is correct. Huh. Or rotting, actively rotting eggs. Yeah. But can you smell it? I didn't smell it. Like it didn't smell rotting. It smelled Hmm. fine. If anything, I was smelling the mint more than anything else. They probably put the mint in there to, to cover up the rotting eggs. But then what's the point? I would assume that, the, that it's the smell that should put off the wildlife. Honestly, I don't know if this stuff works or not. Like, I never I see know, the rabbits tried, eating them. Yeah. 
Not not rabbits, but yeah, you're using it to try to keep rabbits away. Yeah, it had a deer on the label, but I was like, you know what, deer, <laughs> rabbits, whatever. Yeah, it seems like it's mostly targeted at deer, elk, and beaver. Oh. So I won't have any beaver problems. That's great. That's great. That's great. You were concerned. <laughs> I didn't think the beavers were eating my tulips, but mm. I've been wrong before. <laughs> so not um, cheese, just to be clear. True. Definitely. I tried to like every time cheese. there's something like that you want to get rid of. I have tried to do it the humane way. In my case, it's often slugs. And mm. I, I just, there is nothing good about slugs. Slugs are just, uh, and nothing works. Like the only thing. That works, it's a pure salt. You just have to salt, put salt over them. Oh, so if you see a, do you know that? If you see a slug and you put salt yeah. over it, it will shrink up. It like, it will take all the moisture out of it. It will like shrink in front of your eyes. It's mm-hmm. quite n- nasty. Or if they coming through some hole, you just put salt all over it, around the hole or like a crack sure. or something and they won't go through it. But nothing, otherwise nothing works. Like eggshells, no, they don't care about eggshells. They'll go over eggshells. I've tried it all. I think if you're if you're standing in front of a slug and you're like, should I put salt on this slug? Let me go inside and get some salt. You probably have a shoe on and you can probably just <laughs> I'm talking indoors, get it over with. Indoor. And I am not touching slugs. There's no way I'm gonna you know what I slipped on a slug indoor? once. Indoors, like slugs yeah. coming into your house? Yeah. Because they come through any tiny, tiny gap. Oh god, they I don't even know how out. they get in. <laughs> And the indoors, I have no compassion. When they enter my home, yeah, once I don't in your care. Space. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't care about the outdoors ones. Like, I don't like them, but whatever. But when they're inside, like, and I slipped on one, you know what? And I was pregnant with my first child, like, years ago. I was going downstairs to the kitchen, like, at a water or something, not wearing shoes, because why would I? And I stood on one and I slipped. <sighs> and, like, the feeling when you step on a slug, ugh, and it's just like, yeah. <laughs> Like squelching slug. Uh, so in that moment, you declared war on the slug against kingdom. all slugs. Yeah, yeah. And any time uh, they they wander through a crevice in your house, they're committing that, an act of war, that, and you can that. do anything necessary. Oh yeah. And often you don't. You, you just <laughs> see the trucks in the morning. Like you don't see them at night. That's you know hiding little buggers. But in the morning, you see all that slimy trucks on the carpet. Yeah. And ugh. is this a like? I guess I don't know if you have a more wet season in Cambridge or is it wet all the time? Like, does this only happen certain times a year or um, is it all the time? So in our conservatory, I think you call it sunroom in the US. Mm-hmm. It happens, so not in the heat of the summer, but like yeah. the rest. Of, so it doesn't happen like for one month of the year, sure. <laughs> but it happens so throughout the, the, the rest of the year. Yeah, You have but, a, yeah. a ceasefire for one month out of the year. I mean, if it's dry, they will stay hidden, but it's even a little bit damp outside, like early mm. morning, they'll come out. Ew. But when, after the rain, there, there is so many of them. I can't, they're brown and black and small and big, and they are disgusting, every single one of them. Su- Susanna saying she has a conservatory <laughs> makes me, I just want to believe that uh, you live in the house from Clue. <laughs> what? Are you familiar with Clue? No. Oh, Wow. This could become is a clue podcast really quick. <laughs> Let me Google it. What is a clue? I mean, I, w- I know what a clue is, but... I'd I'm... actually like to know what you think it is before you Google it. <laughs> okay. House of Clue. Something oh. to do with a conservatory. Cl- what is a clue? Is it a person? Is it an animal? What is a house of clue? Like, so... I don't... It's okay. I mean, should, I, me, should I tell her? Give me a hint. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, no just a hint. Give me a it's, hint. It's more, more accurate to say the house from clue. 
not helping. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know if you'll ever get there, honestly. Yeah. Sorry, I haven't, it kind of I haven't Googled it yet. Try it to test. come on. Explain it to me without giving it away. Do not use chat. Explain it without giving it away. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you can. I don't think, I think, I think explaining it is giving it away. Yeah. <laughs> so what about it's some a board game? And it's oh, cool, built the around board a house. game. I know yeah. about the board game. They turned so it into a movie, didn't I was thinking about like a TV they? series or something. More importantly, it's an excellent <laughs> movie. Is it? Oh, Clue the Movie. I have not watched that one. Really? Oh, that might no, be an assignment for the... You know, this could turn into a movie club podcast if oh, we're not boy. careful. Here we no, go. Clue is incredible. Incredible? Yes. All right. Clue is fantastic. What, what do you think the, the Rotten Tomatoes score for the Clue movie is? Oh, that's a good question. I'm going to guess like... I'm going to look it up Will you. We talking critic score or audience score? What are we doing here? Mm, let, let's hear both, actually. Yeah. Uh, audience score is going to be higher than critic score, I'm guessing. I'm yeah, going to go with that. critic score in the 60s. It's probably too generous. Okay. You're right. Okay. That's good. What, that is too generous? or that We're talking the about 60s? the 1985 movie Clue. Correct? That is correct. If they ever remake okay. that, I will be so upset. Okay. The critic score is 69%. So in the 60s. In the accurate. 60s, but high 60s. That's, that's respectable, yeah. 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 So why did you mention that? What about the house that... In, in Clue, there's of- a, the, there is a conservatory. It's kind of like... Um, there are, I don't know. Like I feel like when people talk about Clue, like there's always... You know, they'll be like, you know, Colonel Mustard did it in the library. With the, like they sort of use the sort of structure of Clue to describe things. And conservatory is not a feature of most American houses, right? But it is a feature of the house in Clue. And that is happening in the U.S.? That yes. house is, yeah, is it set US. in England? No, it's supposed to be at least the movie, which is, you know, the right. That, that's this the, is your that's, canonical, that's the canonical clue. version of Clue. <laughs> uh, it's set in New England, which really close enough, right? Um, basically, yeah. England. Basically, yeah. the same thing. We stole all your town. <laughs> ripped off so many I names. Know. Anyhow. You come on, you need to innovate. Don't imitate. Like, seriously. Do you really <laughs> live in Manchester? I live in Manchester. Yeah, that's <laughs> the right. Wrong okay. The wrong one. The wrong one. I'm next to a town called Glastonbury. My grandparents mm-hmm. live in a town called Coventry. Seriously? Yeah. Is there anything unique about the US? So New England is mostly uh, towns that are named either after English towns or uh-huh. completely butchered interpretations of Native American names. Okay. Right. So Connecticut, yep. Massachusetts. Uh, yeah. So many yeah. place names are indigenous. What was it originally? Oh, I don't you know. know like yeah. That's a good question. I don't even know. Yeah, I should look. If you take know. somebody's name, at least make sure you know where it came from. You know. Oh no, we don't do that in in the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, fact that see. Dave is acknowledging that it is an it's a native word is more than you typically get. It is derived from a word that uh, means long tidal river because which one? Uh, Massachusetts or Connecticut? Okay, because. The Connecticut River is the mm-hmm. main river in our state and divides the state in two. So that's where the name comes from. Okay. Yeah, you get a lot of that. But do you know what the original word was? Like what language it came from or what people? Yeah, it's Mohegan, uh, Mohegan Pequot. Um, the Mohegans and the Pequots are two tribes uh, in our area. But are you saying connect- Connecticut is what they would say they in called their it language? Like they Quine- like it like like something like that. I'm okay, not going to try to pronounce enough. it. It's close, right? Okay. Okay. And that would have been the okay. name for the river, right? Right. And then the settlers took the, the name for the river and made it the colony name. Was yeah, it because, a colony name? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because the original, the okay. original uh, settlements were all along the river. Mm. Okay. This has been History Corner with, with Dave. 
<laughs> stay, stay tuned as I try to explain why we are both the nutmeg state and the constitution state. The nutmeg? <laughs> Nut, nutmeg? That's right. Why Isn't are you the constitution state? You have to tell me now, because I know I have no idea what you just said. Explain it. You're going to gonna me. have to edit out a lot of dead air in this podcast. <laughs> as, like, I'm, as I'm uh, as I'm googling to try to remember. <laughs> Why are we the Constitution State? I should know that. I mean, I do know that vaguely somewhere okay, in the back so of my mind. Are, are the like... states that are not Constitution State? So hold on, let me see if I can get you the exact. I'm going to guess that it's like it w- they were the first to ratify it, but I think that's Delaware, maybe. Um, yeah. Or it was written there or something like that. And they turned that into their whole thing. I feel like Delaware has that on their plates, right? It does. Like the so first we had something, something, we had something called the fundamental orders, which is like mm-hmm. the base of like our colony. And in the 19, in the 19th century, apparently some historian was like, well, that's the first real constitution. And so we just started calling ourselves the constitution state. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. Well, the rest of us really respect you for it. Like that's. We're always thinking about Connecticut. We're like that Constitution state. They were that first on a technicality, but the first. Right. And we give you a lot of credit for it. You know, one of our other nicknames is the land of steady habits. Oh, why is that? Because people don't like change around here, really. Just in Connecticut, like everywhere else. Yeah, but it it is. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely not here. People do not like serious change. It takes a long time for stuff to change, for sure. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I recently learned about the Delmarva Peninsula. Sure, Delaware, Maryland, like, Virginia. Yeah, yeah. I never really looked carefully at that. Yeah, it's weird. It's a big old mess. So it doesn't make any sense. Landmass. Yeah, that it's already split between two states. Like if you asked me what state is that, pointed that on an unlabeled map, would have been like, oh, I think that's Delaware or Maryland. But it's also Virginia at the bottom, totally disconnected from the rest of Virginia for no apparent reason. What a mess, like a geographical mess. Have you ever been to the Delmarva Peninsula, Dave? Yeah. All I haven't three been, of them? No, just, <laughs> Del, just the Delmar. I have not made my way. You know, I do. Uh, it's, uh, I would at some point uh, on a road trip, I would like to go over the Chesapeake Bay, uh, the Chesapeake Bay Bridge. Sure. Um, because it's Does that gigantic. go from Virginia to Virginia? Yes. Or where does that it go? It goes from Virginia okay. to Virginia. Um, for over, <laughs> I could just see Susanna's like, I need a map. What's going on yeah. here? <laughs> uh, this podcast know? involves a lot of Googling, to be honest, from all three of us. That's right. Yeah. And I don't even think it's officially called the Chesapeake Bay Bridge. I don't think that's, that's really the name, but basically it's a gigantic bridge that is a series of bridges and tunnels because that's right at the mouth of the Chesapeake Bay and yeah. Norfolk, which is on the Southern part of it has a huge U.S. Navy installation and so the u.s navy when they before they built that they were like no no no, you understand we're bringing like gigantic ships in and out of this harbor so they couldn't be limited in any way huh so it's part like do you go out of a tunnel in the middle of the bay yes and then pop up and then you go back up and then you go yeah what yeah okay now i want to go on see this is what i'm saying wow like it'd be one thing if it was just a tunnel or just a bridge that would be yeah i would get it but then to do both. And that's a long stretch. That's got to be five miles across. I think it's like maybe more miles. It's pretty long. Okay. Yeah. Huh. I've driven through Delaware. I don't think I've gone through much of Maryland, but I haven't really experienced the Delmarva Peninsula in <laughs> how did any you, meaningful how way. How did you drive through Delaware and not get to Maryland? Delaware doesn't well, I didn't really go, go through. Um, I was, uh, this was back in high school. I don't remember mm. the exact route, but we went uh, 
to Baltimore, actually for, for a period of time through high school and college, uh, my dad and I would go to different major league baseball ballparks. And mm. so on some of those trips, we'd hit multiple cities. So we did, we was, went to DC, not for baseball, obviously. Um, that's before the nationals existed. Now I think that's right. Yeah. Nationals. Now I'm questioning that. Yeah. Um, no, I'm just questioning if they existed at the time. Mm. <laughs> like when, when did they become the Washington nationals? Anyhow, uh, so we visited DC just for typical, like, you know, learning about our constitution and how important Connecticut is. Uh, and then we went to Baltimore and up to Boston and New York at the same, on the same trip. So I think we drove from Baltimore to Boston, but I could be wrong about that. And that's where I drove through a tiny bit of Delaware. I don't know if it was most of Delaware, but some of Delaware. This has been Geography Talk with Ben. Susanna, what social study, <laughs> what social studies angle are you going to take on this week's episode? We've already done some geography, some history. I finally know where you live. Yeah. <laughs> I finally looked it up on the map. That's, I didn't think it was there. Like, you are quite close to New York, right? I mean, close. Yeah, I'm close. like two hours. On, on the map, yeah. Yeah, I'm like two hours away. I thought you were under New York, not above No. Yeah. You know, Very cool. Are you closer to Boston, or would you say you're basically halfway? Uh, I'm 90 minutes from Boston, two, two-ish hours from New York, so it's okay. a little closer to Boston. I think it's remarkable that you're, you're that close to two major cities, but Connecticut definitely has like a, its own identity. Like you're not just New York outskirts or Boston outskirts. You've got your own thing going on. Kind of. I mean... Because they don't like change, that's why. <laughs> the southwestern part of the state is definitely like an extension of the New York City tri-state area for sure. And okay. that kind of lessens a little bit as you get to central Connecticut. And then eastern Connecticut is actually, there's just not a whole, like, it's very, it's, it's very rural. There's really not a whole lot going on out there. Um, okay. And the Boston suburbs don't really reach quite that far out, so. Sure. It's very cool. The Springfield that I see on the map. Yeah. Is that the Simpsons Springfield? It's an excellent question. So there are many Springfields in the United oh, States. Yeah. And there's the, the, the show has, has jokes about this where they, you know, they will sometimes make you think it's in one spot. I think in one fact, there's, it was, I forget what I, what spring, what Simpsons thing it was, but they were literally like, look, I can see like four States from like one, like they were basically trying to say they were all of them or something like that. So yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm curious where that na- place name comes from. Cause it is really common. Was there a person named Springfield or does it just sound good? What's going on? You even on there? have Windsor. I'm on, come on. Yeah. Just so oh, yeah. The more South you click Windsor, around that East map. Windsor. Yeah. Windsor Locks. Avon. Yeah. That's where my wife works in Avon. You should, you know, come up with your own names for a change. We have Just a river saying. called the Thames. <laughs> really? I didn't know that. We do. <laughs> Why am I not surprised? We call it, and, surprised. It, and, it, and, it, and it goes past New London. Ah, well, I'm speechless. I'm always curious. Why were some places new such and such and others just straight up ripped it off? <laughs> I don't know. When they're trying to be polite when they're saying new and they were like, oh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. take, the, take the name. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, like in Connecticut, we have Hartford and we also have New Hartford. Oh, nice. Huh. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Are they next to each other or is it like two no. separate towns? Oh, no, they're not no? next to each other at all. Thank God. Okay. Otherwise, that, I mean, we already have like East Hartford, mess. West Hartford, Hartford. But, you know, this is very, this is a very oh, Connecticut centric episode. I'm very excited for yeah. everybody to discuss. Well, you just won a national championship. It's You're true. it, man. I, I am definitely <laughs> feeling it. Yeah. You won another national championship, just to be clear. Like you should That's be used correct. to this, but you're not. Sure. It's good. To, it's good to be back. 
<laughs> it's good to be back. So what is the traditional dish of Connecticut? How do you say it properly? I Teach me pizza. how to say it. Connecticut. 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 Pizza. We don't have... Say it again? Connecticut. Con- con- what? Connecticut. <laughs> Connecticut. You, you like don't say half of the letters. That's right? exactly... <laughs> Connect. Listen, I cut. Yeah, if you think we're bad at that, I'd like to introduce you to 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 the state of Massachusetts, where the town names don't resemble at all how they are pronounced. Doesn't make any sense. I wouldn't argue that for a lot of English towns too. Oh yeah, there's some real odd pronunciation going on. I'm I'm always about forty percent confident I'm pronouncing um, a place correctly. Yeah, I know people are confused about the Shire and Shire, like Cambridgeshire mm-hmm. versus Cambridgeshire. You don't say Cambridgeshire. You're not in a Hobbit land. Sure, <laughs> like Cambridgeshire. I wish. I understand. So what is your traditional dish? And don't tell me it's pizza. Come on. There is no official state <laughs> dish, but they are. there is an effort underway to make it pizza. pizza. So yes, pizza. we are. We are. <laughs> <laughs> you really want to solidify that pizza belt membership. That's, you just got to make sure right. you define the upper end of it. Gets really tricky yeah. up there and the, on the, on the fringes like of the pizza belt. Is it like special pizza or just typical I think it would be cheese? Coal-fired yeah. New Haven pizza. Yeah, for sure. That would be the... Yeah, but what's on top of it? What are the Oh, toppings? you can put all kinds of things on it. It's Anything, more about how okay. it's cooked, right? Yeah. Don't, don't confuse us with those Here we pizza heathens okay. in Chicago. <laughs> Right. I don't know what's going the on in Chicago. Clams and the yeah, uh, sure. yogurt base or whatever was it? Cheese no the white. Yeah, white what's pizza. The white I think base? you could you could make up anything and mm-hmm. I would believe it at this point. That's, like yeah. Susanna right. designs a a, a New Haven style pizza. Sure. That exists. Leave it with me. <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> Dave, have you ever had a pizza with jello on it? Oh. No. I'm just looking for edge cases. You said you like QA work. Here we go. I do. I do. That, I have concerns about the Jell-O. Um, is the Jell-O, like, because Jell-O doesn't like to be, doesn't like to retain its form when it's heated. Um, oh, not at all. Would it, would it be this cold pizza? This is a pizza? garnish that, you know how at a good pizza place you've got like the cheap Parmesan shaker on the table? Oh, yeah. I'm picturing like a bowl of Jell-O. The pizza comes out, spoon it on there. Is that a Connecticut thing? No. You're. Like like a caviar garnish, right? You could just have it around the edge yeah. of the plate, just Jello. That's a very just midwestern a way to think about pizza, which I appreciate. Are we gonna have Jello salad? I don't want to well? be associated with any kind of Jello based cuisine. You don't have Jello salad? I don't. Okay. Yeah, I do not. Yeah, I claim none of that cuisine. There are some weird midwestern dishes uh, that stereotypically involve Jello or Miracle Whip. And I, I'm already regretting I brought up Jello. So by Jello, do you mean jam or? Is it like a jelly? Uh, it's like a gelatin. It's a gelatin. Uh, so it's like the gelatin, okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm. It's like something your kids eat. No offense to any adults here who like jello. <laughs> How do we always end up talking about pizza, by the way? Like, this is not a pizza I didn't, you, I didn't even bring it up. It was said, foisted Deva, upon me. I did not you expect said, you saying what's pizza. What's the state dish? And here well, we go I, again. How was I supposed to know it's going to be pizza? <laughs> what else would well, it be? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. We've done enough of these episodes. I should know by now. The answer yeah. to everything is pizza. Uh, the yeah. other thing it could be would be would be the <laughs> hamburger. We are we are arguably where the hamburger was was uh, invented. So that's the other Wait thing. A second. How many Germans are there in Connecticut? <laughs> right here, buddy. <laughs> you didn't start there though, did you? My family's from here. Oh, okay, I didn't realize you'd boomeranged back. Oh, I'm, I, been yeah, it's all, all over the, the my, place. I didn't I did, realize you came back where you were. Originally I did. From. I did an ancestry DNA thing, and oh man, that was a trip. My family's been yeah. all over. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, so I meant you personally have bounced around quite a oh, bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for That's sure. That's why I assumed you weren't a Connecticut native because you've been around so much. I'm not. Not exactly. But my, my parents are all from here. My parents are both from here. My family's all from here. So I was raised as a Connecticut, as a nutmegger in exile, I guess you could say. <laughs> okay. Nutmegger. Let's, let's go back. What? what? Well, so one of, the, one of Connecticut's nicknames is the nutmeg state. So I suppose that would make us nutmeggers. <laughs> oh, I love it. Nuts. <laughs> Yep. Also, nutmeggers. <laughs> nutmeggers, yeah. Which is somehow better. What do you call people from Cambridge? Oh, Cantabrians or something like that. Hold on. Oh, my. Um, okay. I feel like most uh, names for people from a place are a little cringy and strange. Like can, Wisconsinite. Well, I can't like that's say better. It. Or can a Hoosier. Cantabrigian. Cantabri- I can't even say it. Cante- Cantabrigian. Just Google it and say it for me, please. <laughs> <laughs> Often shortened to Cantab. Oh, I've never heard that. So this is not spelled the same as Cambridge. It's like Cant? Cantabrigian. Because it's the bridge over the river Cam. Oh. But then it should be Ka- C-A-M, not C-A-M. Okay, hold on. I don't know. So Cambridge is spelled C-A-M-B, yeah. correct? Cam- but there's a river bridge. named Cant? C-A-N-T? No, no just C-A-N. Oh, C A N. Yes, C A N. So it's a bridge C-A-N, over the river. Yeah. Can N. <laughs> All right. I don't, I don't ask me. I think we've already established. I don't know anything about England. I don't know about anything about Czech. I'm kind of misplaced. Yeah. So you know. One of a kind. I know. Yeah, I'm, I know very little. Very little about everything, really. So. I, I have That's to. That's a ask, very honest. I think it's time for a weather check. We are we have a tight schedule today. I want to make sure we we do a weather oh, yeah. check in. Um, ben, you said it seems like sp- spring is beginning to to spring. So to speak. oh yeah yeah we had a we had a cold spring, so it felt like we were in early spring for a long time. Mm-hmm. And today is the first day that's almost normal, and then every day from now on over the next like the foreseeable forecast is like 20 degrees above average so next week it's going to be mid 70s which is going to feel fantastic so mm. kind of jumping straight from early spring to late spring you know i know how ben knows that the spring has sprung so because your ice skating ring has defrosted <laughs> now yes did you we had a miserable pictures outdoor. on instagram about his ice yeah. skating ring so one I guess it's kind of unique in this part of the world. Um, it's cold enough consistently all winter to have outdoor ice rinks from about um, end of December through end of February, maybe. Um, and our city maintains them, so they, they flood them, so they're, they're fresh. They clear them off after snow. And for some reason this year, we just had bad weather for it. So mm-hmm. it wasn't cold enough, or it was we had some rain in January, which is unusual. Or there was too much snow and then it was too cold. So just not the right weather for outdoor ice. And yet our neighborhood ice rink has been temporarily closed, just waiting for better weather for about three months now. And now it's a gigantic mud puddle and (laughs) the kids love to stomp around in the mud puddle. But that thing's not coming back. That'll be back next year. Therefore, it's the spring. It is spring. Spring is spring. How about Cambridge? What's the what's the weather report? It has been lovely the last couple of days. It's been so nice. Blue sky, sun is shining. It feels like it's not even England. 
Yeah. But it's been really nice. You broke your weather. I know. It's it's I like it this way. I like it broken. <laughs> it's really nice. Yeah. What about you, Dave? It's in the fifties right now, so that's like I'll take that. That's totally fine. We're supposed to get some eighties by the end of uh next week. So that's a little that's a little warm, but it happens, right? Yeah. Get the kind of April warm up and then some people will be like, Should I put my AC in? And it's like, No, it's way too early. You can't you can't mm. be putting the AC in just yet. Yeah. Got to enjoy those that those like the open weather, open window, like spring weather days while you can. So before people that's start pretty cold hearted air conditioning break right in front of Zuzana here. Do, air conditioning break? break? Yeah. Zuzana, yeah. you do not, you don't have a, a, a wide array of air conditioning units that you deploy in your house? Not in our house. I mean, in England we do. Yeah. In sure. the UK we do, but it's not usual that people's houses would have it. But I think given the last few years, it's going to have to change because the last few summers were really hot. Yeah. And to the point like even a normal fan, if you can buy one, because they're always sold out, uh, it doesn't do much. So I think if this continues, people will have to start investing in air conditioning because Mm. it's just these houses are not meant, they're not built for this sort of weather. They trap the heat inside and they cook you. So... (laughs) Yeah, it's really, really and that's hard. That's you. And that's how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, last year it was like over forty, and it was the first time in, in I mean, at least ever since I've been here that it ever got this hot. And with our conservatory, I'm telling you, whoever came up with conservatory, bad idea. I mean, they are so useless because it's really? too cold. Yeah, it's too cold in winter and it's too hot in summer. So you've got like this few months in the year when you can use it. Yeah. But you can't keep plants in there because they die. You can't do anything there. Sure. So it's just like one storage, big storage. But yeah, if in the summer when it's so hot, you have to have the door close to the conservatory because as soon as you open it, the house is mm-hmm. like four it's so hot. So you have to yeah, conservatories are useless. So we have a conservatory them. or a sunroof. I was gonna <laughs> say what you want. A three season room? <laughs> is that- uh ours is a four season. It is. Uh, but I used to use it as my office, which was Oh, awesome. Because there's so much glass. But I had problems even with air conditioning and central heating uh, with the doors closed because you're you really are at the mercy of the weather outside. Um, Mm. And ours is climate controlled. So we actually removed the doors from that room um, to make it more moderate. And so we can use it year round. But I totally feel you. And does your your room have um windows on the ceiling or a glass ceiling or does it have a well, roof over it with ce- it's a windows plastic it's not glass but it's plastic ceiling so but oh, okay. it's kind of like a it's not i mean it lets the light through right and then you've got the glass on the sides so really almost outdoors except almost. it is like catching all the heat yeah pretty much in the winter it's there's no point putting heating in there because it's not it wouldn't hold it sure not insulated and really not at all and in the mm. summer, it's just too, too hot. It traps everything in. It's, yeah, it's really, it's, it is useless. I mean, yeah, I don't know what people do with their conservatories because we haven't well, figured I hope it your out. conservatory doesn't listen to this podcast. Those are some pretty blunt words. <laughs> it's on its last <laughs> legs. That's, that's the room with all the slugs. So, you know, I've got no oh. love for my conservatory. <laughs> Susanna, I hope that whoever, and whenever you sell this house, I hope they never listen to these episodes. They're just going to be like <laughs> slugs and they're going to, they're, no, they're going to want no part of it. You can't yeah, use not, the conservatory. Gonna, conservatory. Yeah. It's a beautiful room. Look at the views. You're going to enjoy it all year round. No. 
Dave, I feel like you should you should tell us what the conservatory in the Clue movie is like because Zuzan yeah. is really talking these down. What was it like in the Clue movie, the nineteen eighty five hit movie Clue? Yeah, uh, thank you for asking. Um, this is my passion. No, I, uh, you know, <laughs> it is. I mean, it basically. I mean, it's you know, it's lots of glass. It, see, in the movie, which in t- which takes place entirely at night, right? It is. You know, it's raining and it's not really a very useful room, right? It's meant to be yeah. creepy, right? Because it's dark, but it's like in this sort oh, of weird slugs. room. They, sure. They didn't show the slugs. I think if they did, a, I think if they rebooted it, I could see, you yeah. know, maybe a note in the script of, about some slugs to really up the realism right. uh, of what well, a proper Susanna's conservatory. the technical advisor on the Clue reboot. That, <laughs> I'm sure we'll get that detail right. It's just don't, don't use it. Don't build it. It's useless. <laughs> Seriously, Clue is a, is a very funny movie. Highly, highly recommended. All right, all right. I will look it up. All right, all right. So we, we, are, we are coming to the end of our time, but we have not asked the most important question that we ask in this podcast, which is, is it cheese? Ben, do you, have a, do you have a topic for is it cheese this week? Of course I have a topic for is it cheese. This is a passion of mine. <laughs> Basically, how you feel about the Clue movie is how I feel about this running question. Love it. So my question for you, is the orange powder in mac and cheese... Or, for Canadian friends, craft dinner. Is that cheese? Powder. Powder. Put yeah. Powder? I, I said powder. Have are you I familiar been doing with it are you wrong? familiar with like boxed macaroni and cheese? No. Easy Mac. I mean I'm that's a whole no, other level. Because that's a totally different product. If it comes in a box, if it comes in a powder, it's not food. It's not what? If it comes in a powder, it's, it's not food. Yeah. <laughs> I out, uh, oh come on okay so <laughs> if it comes in a powder it's not food what do you call all the containers of food powder in your, in your pantry food powder. like flour or sugar or cornstarch or yeah, baking soda these or baking things powder are or... supposed to be powdery <laughs> cheese isn't sure unnaturally powdery I think yeah. is what you're getting at yeah. yeah so this is a really cheap quintessential uh, like make it for your kids sort of lunch food or tea food. Can I just say, uh, why do we feed kids this rubbish? Like it's not just mac and cheese, but like stuff. fish fingers and fries and or whatever you call them, chips. Why? It's like Susanna, you kids, have children. kids get the rubbish stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not worth it, right? It's wasting it good food work, on the right? kids. It's just like, you know, shouldn't we try to feed our kids the best food there is so they grow up healthy and successful adults and instead we feed them this rubbish? Yeah. I'm not just, yeah, just talking about you and me. I think in general, I noticed that when it comes to kids' dishes, when you go to restaurants, they always get the rubbish. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it can be a little depressing uh, making dinner, when, especially if it takes some time to prepare it. And you know the whole time, I'm basically preparing this for my spouse and the kids are not going to eat it or they'll pick at it or it's just a lot of energy spent to try to get them to eat something delicious and i just can't base any of my satisfaction on did they eat it or not it's really like did i enjoy it did megan enjoy it great the kids they'd just be a bonus and do you like to augment your mac and cheese your craft mac and cheese with with other things to sort of you know some people will chop up a hot dog and put it in there yeah I mean, as a treat, sure, sure. I'll throw a hot dog in there. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Growing up, boy, I can't believe I'm revealing this. Uh, what my family did with Kraft mac and cheese <laughs> is we put ranch dressing in it. In it? Ranch dressing. What? Ranch dressing. Yeah. 
Like once it was cooked. Uh huh. No wonder your wife married you. Huh. I didn't know you had that Wisconsin blood in you like that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, I can't. I'm not. I'm having a hard time even imagining what that would taste like. I've heard of people putting ketchup in mac, mac and cheese. Yep, I've heard of that not, as well. Yeah, that's a that's yeah, that's definitely like, you know that's like Canadian. It's a kid, it's a kid idea, right? Where it's like yeah. I love ketchup. I'm gonna put and I love mac and cheese, so I'm gonna put yeah, them together. It's a condiment. Sure. Yeah. Ranch dressing. Oh, boy. Man. Oof. Wow. Yeah. yeah. My kids. So my kids used this, to like. My God. This product comes in a cardboard box, like macaroni in a box. And then there's a foil pouch full of bright orange powder. And it's manufactured out of some cheese. Like this is probably on the same level as easy cheese, like mm. factory made. I I don't think it's actually cheese. Like, I, Let's like, give it to Dave. Dave involved? will tell us. So you'd think by now, if it wasn't really cheese, somebody would have sued them because the name is Mac and cheese now maybe the fact yeah. they call it craft dinner in canada maybe the canadian right. courts have been stricter on this you know they are very <laughs> protective of their dairy um yeah but- well the canadians really love their craft dinner too they're more they're more crazy about their craft dinner than we are about our mac and cheese yeah yeah have you ever eaten craft dinner is there a difference between that and craft mac and cheese there is there this surprised me okay we went on a family trip ended up in toronto Went grocery shopping. We were there for a few days, so we went grocery shopping. So we got to feed the kids, so we picked up what we thought was Kraft mm-hmm. Mac and Cheese. It's just a different label, right? It's Canada, whatever. Whatever they need to do to sell Mac and Cheese to the Canadian public. And it is a totally different flavor. Mm. It is absolutely different. I don't know if it's the cheese or the noodles. There aren't that many options. I think it's the cheese. It's totally but it still looks the same. So it's a kind of it same, looks the same dish. The just branding is very similar. Yeah. Mm. I'd like to have a Canadian on this podcast to fight over uh, Kraft Dinner versus mac and cheese, frankly. Is Kraft Dinner the brand, the company that makes it? Uh, Kraft. Kraft. Is, Kraft so it's same the same brand. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You'd think it would be the same product, but it, it definitely does not taste the same. And I'm sure Canadians probably would taste Kraft mac and cheese and say, well, this is terrible. This is totally different than Kraft Dinner. It's like a, an unofficial Canadian national dish. Yeah. It's a big deal. Yeah. Really? Oh yeah. It's like that Tim Hortons, like that's their that's the that's the thing, you know. Time to reduce the Canadians to a few stereotypes. Let's do it. <laughs> so we Maple do that syrup. about every country. It's fine. Maple syrup. You haven't even got to poutine, which is fantastic. Oh my. That's my favorite Canadian food. I can't handle it. What Not is it? Oh, that would poutine? that would kill you, wouldn't it? Yeah, poutine. poutine. Would what is me. that? So poutine is, is uh French fries. This isn't gonna yeah. sound good, but it tastes great. <laughs> French fries, uh, <laughs> fresh cheese curds, so not like cube cheese, but like actual uh, day-old cheese, and then like beef gravy, Ew. and that's your basic poutine. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't sound good. Oh, it's so good. It's so salty. <laughs> mm, I love Very it. Very salty. Yeah. Oh, I have to say, like here in England, you, get, you often get chips, so fries, and yeah. curry, just the curry sauce, and it's that's this yellow fluorescent yellow that leaves the stains on your yeah. plate. A lot of people have that. I mean, I only had it when I was up in Manchester, the the right Manchester, the original Manchester. My Manchester? That's, that's, <laughs> no, not Susanna, your Manchester. I can't believe you no. were here and did not, did not call. That's not so rude. Not in the rude. fake Manchester. Not new, new Manchester. <laughs> in, the, in the original one. And yeah, people used to have that for lunch a lot. I was like, I tried it once. It just did not, not for me. Hmm. I think I like my fries to be fried, like yeah, have dry. texture, not soggy. In yeah. the they, yeah, no, the poutine is definitely soggy. Mm. 
like you don't want to let it sit too long, but there's no. no way you can avoid the sogginess. Well, another thing on my list that I'm not going to try in the US. <laughs> should be making a list. Things I want to try, things I don't want to try. <laughs> yeah. When you're when you're trying to feel fancy, do you upgrade from the Kraft mac and cheese to the Velveeta shells and cheese? Ugh. Yeah. Uh I actually I'm not a big fan of mac and cheese. Okay. Uh I'm not even going to play that character for a podcast. No. I can't pretend to like it. Okay. Um I do make it for my kids. Sometimes sure. if I'm in a rush, I'll eat it with them. I don't get too excited about it. No. What don't and you so like about it? The idea it? of upgrading that dish. I'm just never like I'm not even a big fan of like fancy mac and cheese at a restaurant or oh, homemade mac and cheese. Oh, can yeah. you make mac and cheese fancy though? I don't think you can. Oh, can hold, you? hold on. Yes. Yes. You could. <laughs> Just the lactose enjoyer has logged on. Oh. Let's <laughs> yes. There are you lots of ways say you can that, make Dave, mac Because cheese. it's like a forbidden fruit for you. That's why you think it can be I can fancy. have like a bite it's or two really. and then I got to push it aside. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is ironic, my, literally my favorite, my favorite thing growing up that my mom made was baked macaroni and cheese. That was my favorite dish. So it is very sad that this is- Were you lactose intolerant back then as well? No. So you developed over time? Yeah, about five years ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Did it just happen from one day to another or you over time became sensitive to dairy? I, I, went, to a, I went to a Cabot cheese uh, factory and I- One fateful day. And, and I- it, <laughs> I basically ate my body weight in free cheese samples. And then about oh. an hour later, I was in a tremendous amount of pain. <laughs> and and I thought the equivalent of like getting into a bee's nest and yeah. de developing a raging bee allergy because you were stung a thousand times. That's right. Yeah. You Wait, just went too hard on the free cheese. And now it's you have free to live with cheese. That. Was it worth it? No. No, I've no. been to that Cabot factory and it is. I know exactly why you did what you did. You can't. Yeah, it's a beautiful place. Ben, I have bad news for you. Since COVID, they have taken away many of the samples. They have little stations really? now, but it's not like it. It used to be like a, a dream come true, where, right? Where yeah. you go in and there's just all the, like every kind of cheese they make and you can just go get as much. It's Oh God, what a time. Yeah. Huh. So that's yeah. behind us now. That's not coming back. It's another thing that COVID took from us. Yeah. Ugh. Cheese. She just keeps <laughs> Free coming. cheese. Yeah. Free, cheese. Free, che free cheese. Free cheese. That's the important free, thing. Free, yes, free. free cheese. Yeah. I wouldn't eat half those cheeses if I had to pay for them, but if they're sure. free. But if you're free. Yeah. Yeah. Sad. But let this be a lesson for everyone. Don't eat too much free stuff, lest you become intolerant. <laughs> right? I think I just got old. I don't know if it's, I don't know if there was a moral <laughs> uh, judgment. I was trying to make it, you know, spin it right. You said, yeah. oh, I'm just getting old. You could tell the story to your kids. Don't eat too much free stuff. Otherwise, you'll be like, Dave, yeah. no more I cheese. <laughs> Dave, have you ever toured like a peanut butter factory or any kind of nut, nut factory that you are going to develop a raging nut allergy? I feel like if I toured a peanut butter factory, it'd be very difficult to not like dive Scrooge McDuck-like into a vat of peanut butter, right? I feel like that would be... <laughs> the peanut butter river, maybe a little Willy wonka -ish. Susanna, do you not know who Scrooge McDuck is? No. No, we won't quiz you on it. No, we won't quiz you on it. <laughs> Next episode, we'll talk about DuckTales okay. and the finer, yeah. the finer points of the Disney, there we go. The, the Disney animation block in the late 1980s, early 1990s. That'll be... You know, this podcast feels like you educating me about everything, basically. So sorry. Ge it's just, geography. It's just, it's just food, Dave mansplaining to culture. Susanna for 60 minutes every other week. <laughs> I'll take it. It's fine.
I'm learning, you know, it's all about, it's for the greater good. I'm learning yeah. and I'm sure other people are learning too. <laughs> so, you know, it's all good. All right. Speaking of, of, of learning, um, Susanna, I learned earlier today that this podcast time was right in the middle of when you are able to actually eat again. Yeah. So you, oh, okay. Have you, have you, have I have you, drunk. Yeah. I've broken my fast. I had a few sips of water. A few sips of water. Do you have a feast yeah. waiting for you after this? Some sort I hope of... so. Unless they ate it all downstairs. I hope they left me something. <laughs> <laughs> there, had there had better be a feast. There had better be a feast. There had better be a feast. Yeah. But you can't feast after a whole day of fasting. Like you, you know, you, you don't want to get sick. It's like when you go, uh, yeah, you just can't. You have a little bit and at you, least we eat much better. Do you just graze for a little while, like a little bit here, then wait a little bit there? Like, is that kind of the strategy? Some people might, we don't, because Mm. then I want to go to bed reasonably early as well. Some people might stay up all night until like the morning and then go to sleep, but we don't. We go to Mm. sleep normally. So we only have like limited window, I would say, what, about two, three hours. Yeah. So you just just have soup, some salad and some main dish. But by by the time you finish the soup and salad, you don't really feel like eating anymore. It's all good. I don't know. I made past pasta. Yeah, I made pasta earlier. Mm. So I hope there's something left. Not macaroni cheese. Just you didn't make craft dinner. And you didn't make craft mac and no. cheese. <laughs> no. But then I ask about like the food for kids. I mean, I do wonder about. It. So my kids are reasonably not fussy. So they would eat what what I make them. So there was never a deal like make specific things for the kids mm, and then adults sure. eat something else. But I notice when you go to restaurants, when you look at kids, you know, menus, it's always fish fingers or yeah chicken nuggets and they they don't often don't even have like a smaller portions of the normal stuff it's mm. usually just honestly mac and cheese or fish fingers and that and i'm like why right. and in my Maybe opinion I'm just they're far lucky. too expensive for the quality of the food you get on that kid's menu yeah you're gonna charge me that much let's do a real meal yeah. we would just buy when we go to rest, we would just buy normal meal and then the grown-ups would finish it so mm. Mm. But yeah anyway that's me and food. So listening to you talking about food, especially earlier in the episode, yeah. I was like, oh, come on, people. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's I don't fine. think you can have a conversation with Dave without talking about food. It's like I was sitting Probably right not. there in the front of your brain, right? I am. Yeah. I, I, poor Susanna has been fasting all day and I, you know, I haven't eaten in about four hours and I'm sitting here going, boy, it's time for a snack. Would you like to try fasting with me? No. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a day, one day. Just one day? I don't know. Come on. You could do it. <laughs> sure, sure. I, I just... I mean, you're already four hours deep. Why not? Well, I mean, because we're going to go eat dinner in a couple hours anyway. So this is just like to hold me over. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you can fast for a period and then you'll break your fast. Maybe a little earlier than you should. True, true. Yeah, I break, I break a fast every morning, you know? It's, <laughs> you know. That's why it's called breakfast, know, right? Breakfast. You know, an eight-hour yeah. fast, but still, you know. <laughs> I was expecting you to be a little bit more adventurous, but never mind. I'm sorry. I forgot I'm talking about food with you. It's like, what about you, Ben? <laughs> Do I want to fast? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not excited about that idea. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it before. Not a huge, it's not really well suited to my body, so I can appreciate the, the sacrifice that you're making. Yeah. Uh, we should set challenges to each other, you know, from one episode to another. Mm. And then report back. So I challenge right. you, to, what do you got? to fast. Well, fast. <laughs> and is, we got to follow what the, the sun up to sundown, same rule? Yeah, and not even water. You know, there's a podcast, I think, called Not Even Water. 
Mm -hmm. that people are like, so you don't eat? No. But you can drink? No, you can't drink. Not even water? No, not yeah. even water. <laughs> huh. That's, that's news to me. I thought you could drink water. Uh, you no. didn't know? No, we, can, we no. don't. Nothing. No. Uh, one of uh, the best player on, on UConn's basketball team that just won the championship, he was also, he's, he's been fasting as well. And so, mm -hmm. unfortunately, the games sometimes start like either when it's still light outside or like, you know, and so it's one of those things where there's all these new, you know, there'll be new stories. Oh, how do you do it? You know, or what are you doing? And, you mm -hmm. know, they're, they're planning, they're trying to figure, you know, I'm sure they, you know, they, they are trying to feed him right or whatever, but it's interesting because it's basically like, you know, he's running up and down the court and then he gets to halftime and it's finally dark outside and he's like water. I just need water. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I need to hydrate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some people still run. I've stopped running now for the month because oh, I yeah. don't. That's hard. I don't want to yeah. push it. I think I might be okay, but I, I'm not going to find out. It's fine. It's not the end of the world. So, yeah. but yeah, there are people who do like they do what they would normally do. Yeah. Yeah. I think That's remarkable. You just get used to it. Yeah. You're surprised how much your body can handle. How long does it take you to start to feel kind of acclimated to that? Um, like a couple of weeks? A few days. No, no, no. A oh, few days. Okay. But for me, it's different because I don't drink coffee. I mean, I drink decaffeinated coffee. So people mm. often struggle with headaches because they go into coffee or co uh, caffeine withdrawal. I don't. So for me, yeah. I don't. It's even the hunger is it's you find yourself really bored. You don't realize how much time you spend eating during the day until it's taken away yeah. from you. And then you are like, huh, I would eat now. And I'm not eating. What am I going to do with myself? So that's what I struggle with, like the feeling of. I don't know what to do with myself, but yeah. when it comes to hunger or thirst, surprisingly, it's it's okay. Like that's just me, I'm sure. And also, there are better days and harder days. Yeah. One day I had a headache, but yeah, yeah, it's I don't know. It's really weird. I can't explain. It. If people told me you'll be okay fasting like for 18 hours, I'll be like, you you crazy? But honestly, yeah. it's one of these things. I don't know. Can't explain it. Hmm. I do feel like if I didn't have to eat. I wouldn't miss it too much. Uh, mm. Like in general, for if our bodies didn't require it, it is amazing how much time and energy we spend feeding ourselves and yeah. like structuring your day around feeding yourself and others. Yeah. So yeah, and then some, you find you some time for activities, I guess, for a little stretch here. Yeah. But yeah, it doesn't take long. A few days, and it's just no, no, the new normal, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Susanna, I'm sure you are eager to break your fast in, in a more substantial food-based way. It, it might be time for the, the greatest send-off in podcast history. Susanna, do you have something you'd like to, to tell people? I need to come up with something else. I need to stay cheesy. <laughs> so no, All that no, build up and then she's it like... Cheesy. Take it cheesy, people. Oh, take it cheesy. <laughs> Eat real cheese, not the powdery stuff. <laughs> I'm going to mail you a box. Yeah, don't eat meals that comes in a box. That'll well, be no, my sa challenge to you. But then, yeah, but then pizza comes in a box, so you know you can't. Let's not generalize. But in in, can in Canada, they sell just the powdered cheese separately. Like you can just they call it KD shaker. You can just buy the pow like the fake cheese to put on stuff, and that could be our cheese based challenge. Oh yeah. Well, to try it. Yeah. Who can eat the cheese that is least looking like cheese? Yeah. You have to take pictures. I don't know. Who, like, can, I just... who can consume the can of KD Shaker oh. first? Like you got to find it. it you you got to find yeah. some meals to sneak that into. It's like hiding vegetables in your kid's food. Sure. You got to hide the powdered <laughs> cheese. Well, 
I'll think about what I can do with cheese. <laughs> we can also think can of a find better, some we can unlikely think of a, cheese. We can think of a better cheese-based, uh, you know, challenge of sorts. Yeah. Okay. I'm Let gonna choose know. to remember the the jalapeno cheese sausage meal that you said. Like that'll be the the meal I take out of this. The that was delicious. Yeah, that was delicious. Instead of the crap stuff. Okay, so let's not talk about food. Okay. okay. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Well, it's good to see you. We're going to spend yeah. more time talking about weather for this episode. Than Sorry. 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 <laughs> it's, it's fine. <laughs> All right, then. All right. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Take it cheesy.